The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Rams fans, welcome into Rams Showcase. My name is Sheriff Joe Bags. Tonight on Rams Showcase, uh, new practice facilities officially announced. Plus, Samuel L. Jackson has Rams opinions, but do they matter? And later, Rams coming off a of bye week. We preview the Seahawks at the Rams. Before we get into the action here, uh, just a quick reminder, RamsShowcase.com. That is where you can find the best information. Uh, you can listen to the podcast right there. And when the video versions of the game preview are available, they are also right there on the front page. I say that uh, very deliberately as, of course, these next two weeks, uh, the preview against the Seahawks, the preview against the Cardinals are only going to be audio. We do plan on getting back to the uh, video previews. Uh, we'll do that uh, coming into the Cleveland Browns game. And uh, also, with that being said, uh, we are taking a short break on the Ram Showcase Live, as uh, that is, I'm hoping to return that on the, we'll say the the 4th of December is what I'm shooting for. Uh, just got some stuff going on and need to deal with that uh, first and foremost. Um, definitely not stopping Ram Showcase Live, definitely not stopping the video versions of the game previews. Uh, but uh, in the in the meantime, until after Thanksgiving, uh, I do need to just take a short step away uh, from that stuff. We'll get back to it, though. Uh, but RamShowcase.com, again, that is where you find the best information. And uh, also, in part, in place of this, by the way, as far as the game previews, I will have a write-up for you uh, on RamShowcase.com. So check it out there. Uh, once that does get out, I will also post that on socials. Speaking of socials, at RamShowcase, at Sheriff Joe Bags. That's where you find uh, everything, everywhere, all the time. But uh, RamShowcase.com, under that merch tab, is also where you can snag your Ram Showcase t-shirt. If you are interested in supporting the show, that is the single best way to do it. The uh, second best way to do it would be to just, uh, well, enjoy my conversation as uh, we talk about the L.A. Rams. Well, let's go ahead and get into the business here. So, of course, the Rams do announce a move to uh, Woodland Hills as uh, practice facilities are moving. And uh, the plan is to have the move done by training camp, but of course, uh, any unknown, unexpected delays are always a possibility. So uh, the goal is to have it available for uh, this next year's training camp, but we'll kind of see how it all plays out. Temporary offices and buildings will be set uh, set up uh, while the permanent facilities are built. And we actually heard from Kevin Demoff talking about this, that it's actually going to be a little bit of a uh, of two different areas. They're going to set up the temporary stuff in one spot while they build the uh, the other stuff uh, on the north end of the practice facilities and uh, the grass that they are uh, putting in that is going to be where the their the actual practice fields stay 
that is uh, that is not a temporary location that is going to be a permanent location so no word on uh, the fan experience yet and how that will be altered and hopefully improved uh, when we get to the training camp uh, and those visits when uh, training camps are open to the public so of course Hopefully we hear something on that, uh, at least at some point. I guess we don't really need to, uh, to worry about training camp right now as we are heading into week 11 of uh, the NFL season. Uh, so we'll get there when we get there, of course. But uh, when the Rams plant their flag, uh, they tend to not cut any corners. So um, uh, the plan is, uh, or the, the hope and expectation, I should say, is that uh, you know Stan Kroenke and not wanting to skimp on anything, that uh, these new facilities should be pretty sick. Kevin Demoff also did mention that the intentions of someday getting an indoor practice facility uh, are being uh, talked about. They like they have those intentions, but there's still plenty of hurdles to clear uh, before that would uh, be in the works. But uh, on the 100-acre area purchased by Stan Kroenke and the Rams, uh, the area is definitely big enough to get the size and the quality of practice facilities that the Rams would require, including an indoor practice facility, which apparently is a big Sean McVay move that uh, he is requesting an indoor practice facility and at least we can get some wind cut down uh, that is something that would help your practices along um, and rams right now not with any indoor facilities and uh, i think that now I, I think with the Bengals getting their indoor facility i think the rams might be the only team that has no access to indoor i i've made that up for sure but it feels real so i'm going to go ahead and stick with it you might know that other teams like some other team doesn't um, I know Denver, I don't know, I'm trying to think. I've been to Denver training camps before, uh, but those were uh, outside. So it's also in Colorado, where in the summertime it doesn't get uh, as miserable, I suppose, as uh, it could, especially in Woodland Hills. Uh, that's uh, one of the comments that uh, Kevin Demoff was uh, talking about, that at least to get some shade as, uh, you know, it does get uh, pretty warm out in California, as uh, I'm sure you may know <laughs> if uh, you're listening to a Rams podcast. I'm sure you have at least some some understanding of uh, Southern California and the climate. Let's move on here to uh, some comments made by Samuel L. Jackson. I, I got to say, I'm pretty confident that this is the first time I'm talking about Samuel L. Jackson on Rams Showcase. All uh, seven plus years of uh, doing this, I've never had to mention Samuel L. Jackson, but he did uh, tweet out or post out on x uh it says at what point do we start the rams coaching conversation which i mean come on samuel jackson says something about football and we all stop and listen why why would we stop and just listen to whatever samuel L. jackson has to say i love samuel L. jackson all right big old fan but when he when it comes to like football opinions why would i care about what he has to say because he's done movies now he understands the rams i don't know in fairness my opinion. I don't know why you would have listened to my opinion. I would hope that you take my opinion into consideration in some capacity to form your own. I would I wouldn't love if you just piggybacked on all of my opinions and just took them as your own. I hope to pass along enough information here in Ram Showcase uh to give both sides of of things and try to try to talk from a, a neutral perspective in hopes that you can form your own opinion off of my comments. So I say that to kind of to go back to Samuel L. Jackson of like, I mean, you're allowed to tweet. Absolutely. You're allowed to say things and, and be a fan and get frustrated about certain things and be like, hey, what's going on with this coach, man? Like, because maybe he's not as uh, in in it as some of us uh, some of us are. But in, in fair, let's let's humor him. Let's humor Samuel L. Jackson. At what point do we start the conversation 
about uh, Rams coaching staff. When do we start that conversation? Reasonable question, although I do find the answer, or an answer, I suppose, uh, to be very easy. And that is, not right now, because why would we? And I'm not talking right now as in week 11 going against the Seahawks. All right, I'm talking about like right now in just this era of the Rams, like say post this season, why would we even consider that? Because you also have to think, it's like, um, like we'll, we'll go into like the world of metal here for just a second. Um, pardon me because I, that's my day job here. But uh, like say something along the lines of Mick Mars getting booted out from Motley Crue. They knew who they wanted. They knew who they had as a replacement. And in fairness, John 5, sick replacement. This now um, new, a little bit more modern, I guess. That was only like last year, but now a little bit more closer to today's time and Slipknot. They fire, uh, they, they fire their drummer and now, like, do you really do that as Slipknot without a pretty solid understanding of who you want, or at least two or three guys max of who you want to fill that role and that you feel confident that they will say yes? You don't fire your drummer, especially an incredible drummer like Jay. So I say that to say, like, to, to bring it back to the Rams and Sean McVay of, uh, we can fire him if you want to. And, and I understand there's a lot of fans that do want this, but... Who do you replace him with? And I think that that's a reasonable question because if your if if your mindset and your thought process is only on getting rid of Sean McVay, well, that's only that's not even half the battle. the the mo the bulk of the battle here, the battle bulk is finding the replacement. And I just don't think that in in the world right now we have access to anybody that would be considered a genuine improvement over Sean McVay. At what point do we just decide that like, are, are we just like getting just a little bit too ahead of ourselves? I suppose it's like the same thing I, I talked about last week with, um, with, with, with Matthew Stafford and people get frustrated with Matthew Stafford because if he throws the football 15 times, one of those might be directly to a defender, but that's also Matthew Stafford, all right? So we, we also saw what, what the opposite is in a Brett Rippon, where in those same 15 throws, he's got one where you're like, oh, that was good. That was all right. All right, cool. Like every other throw was terrible though. So it's, it, I think that we're getting ahead of ourselves when we bring up the coaching conversation when it comes to the Los Angeles Rams because uh, we, we have some down seasons that we knew were coming. They, like we, the, they were on the way. We were told essentially like, hey, we're going to go all in, but it might get rough for a little bit, but it's going to be okay because we're going to have a Super Bowl ring. And, and, and all of a sudden we forgot about all of that. And I think that like the way that Samuel L. Jackson and a lot of people are kind of like, I think it's a, a very zoomed in look at uh, what the Rams are doing right now, which is a three and six game going into a, a game against the Seattle Seahawks coming off of a bye week. But before that, you had maybe your worst game in the past two years uh which are rough years uh so i would actually we could even push that back probably i would honestly say maybe since the the mcveigh era began that might have been the worst performance that i've seen where at no point the defense was keeping the rams in it but on offense it, it even with those turnovers it didn't never never felt like oh brett Rippon's just gonna lead the rams down the field and score a touchdown here that never felt like a real thing so we knew that we had some down seasons coming and now Sean needs to pay the price for that. We knew that this was on the way. We knew that the Rams were going all in for a Super Bowl and that we were going to have to eat it on the back end. We are eating it on the back end and now we're all mad about it. 
we weren't mad when the Rams were holding up the Lombardi in, in SoFi Stadium, so why be upset about it now? Why call for Sean's head now when this is the best coach that this franchise has ever seen? And I, I get that there's an argument to be made for other guys, but this is the, he, you don't win coach of the year and then all of a sudden just forget how to coach. So it's not like he's, he's all of a sudden just a bad coach now. Because that's not how that works. I mean, maybe he's fallen behind in his times a little bit, something like that. Maybe maybe some other coaches kind of figure out some different ways to stop him. And so that kind of impacts some things. But as a good coach, you just make those adjustments and then you you adjust to their adjustments and then they adjust to your adjustments, then you adjust to their adjustments back. That's just kind of how it all works, right? So, But but we're we're talking about the best coach this franchise has ever seen, in my opinion. That's absolutely my opinion. I think he is. And... I think I have a very legitimate argument for that. He knows what he's doing, all right, and everybody does in 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 some ways. But let's 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 remember here that that uh, that, that Sean McVay has brought this Rams team to two Super Bowls. He took a four-win team and took them to the playoffs in his first year as a head coach. Took them to the Super Bowl his second year as a head coach, and then won the Super Bowl just a couple years later. That is something that no other Rams coach has been able to do. And I did get that comment, uh, I don't remember where it was or who said it, but uh, about uh, Mike Martz. And it's like, well, hold on a second. He was not our head coach in the 99 season. That was definitely Dick Vermeil, And I'm very surprised that uh, this person <laughs> specifically, I remember being like, why would you not know that? But I don't know. I also don't need to call anybody out. So even if I remember, that's I don't need to do that. But Two Super Bowls, uh, won one, and dr- clearly dramatically changed the entire culture of this team, changed uh, the trajectory of this franchise completely. We don't have Matthew Stafford if it's not for Sean McVay. You know, there's a lot of different things that go go into it, of course. But uh, I, I, I guess I'm just, I, I say all this to say that, like, why would we move on from this coach right now when we knew that we were going to have to eat some seasons on the back end of that. And I think that what we need to do now is just kind of zoom out a little bit. All right. Pinch it, pinch the screen just a little bit. All right. Because we need to zoom out a little bit and see that what this team is, is doing and where we're going. Because I think that the mindset of, of saying like, well, this is a three win team and Brett Rippin, he couldn't get Brett Rippin to move the football down the field in Lambeau in November on like that. So he, he, so he must suck. I, I just, I think that that's an overreaction. I think it's a dramatic reaction, and I just don't think it's it's a reasonable reaction when you consider where this team has been, where this team is going, and that the fact that we knew that winning Super Bowl Fifty Six meant that we were going to have to eat it at some point, and we are doing it today. Now we are eating it, and now it's a problem. Now everybody's mad about it. So uh, I disagree with uh, Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> which is such a weird thing to say in Ram Showcase, but these guys have a plan, all right? The, Sean, Les, Kevin, and Tony, they all have a plan together. I'm sure of it. They knew that going all in for Super Bowl 56 meant that these few years might be a bummer, and they are, and it definitely sucks. But that is no way an indicator that Sean has absolutely crumbled this team and that he that the Rams need to move on from him. He took this team to two Super Bowls, so let's relax. Moving on to transactions, uh, the Rams did waive Zach Van Valkenburg, sickest name uh, on the team, now officially waived, but uh, looks like he could be a practice squad candidate, so we'll keep our eyes on that. Uh, the Rams also did sign uh, to the active roster. Here we got Keir Thomas, outside linebacker, popping back into the roster 
which is cool stuff. I really like Keir Thomas, uh, so I'm actually really excited about this move. I think that's awesome. Uh, and uh, some Rams-adjacent moves. The Seahawks did sign quarterback Brett Rippon to their practice squad. I have seen an overreaction to this move as well. It's very minimal impact. I think that if Brett Rippon is able to help them at all uh, against the Rams, I would be very surprised considering Brett Rippon couldn't even help the Rams when he was literally on the field for them. So uh, there's that part of it. Former Rams defensive tackle Tanzel Smart was waived by the Jets, but then quickly added back to the practice squad. And short-term Rams running back Miles Gaskin is uh, officially signed to the Vikings practice squad. So uh, a couple of former Rams running backs uh, making their way uh, to uh, just, you know, switching up the horns on their helmets from Ram horns into Viking horns uh, with Cam Akers, obviously, there as well. Of course, he is hurt. Let's take a peek at the standings real fast before we pop into the game preview here. So uh, 49ers sitting in first place with a 6-3 and three record. They had that win against the Jacksonville Jaguars last week. This week, they do host the Bucks. Seattle Seahawks did beat the Commanders last week. This week, of course, uh, on the road against the Rams. We'll talk about that game here soon. Rams were on a bye week uh, this last week and then hosting Seattle. Rams sitting at 3-6 and six in third place in the NFC West. And in fourth place, the Arizona Cardinals with a 2-8 and eight record. They did beat the Atlanta Falcons in uh, Kyler Murray's return to the football field, uh, but now have a very tough test at the Houston Texans, say, taking on C.J. Stroud, who might be the one that, uh, that just cannot be overcome uh, as far as uh, Puka Nakua in that race for uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year. I think that uh, that's a tough one, and if they go AFC, NFC, I think it's clear-cut uh, that both of them would uh, be uh, putting crowns on their heads here, but... Uh, Ultimately, uh, C.J. Stroud is unbelievable, and I mean, if it goes to him as far as like an overall rookie of the year, I think it's totally reasonable. We're just always, like, we of course would love to see Puka Nakua get it because that dude is unbelievable out here, which is really cool stuff. So again, we do not have a video version for uh, the game preview. We'll get back to that in a couple of weeks here post-Thanksgiving. Uh, just got some stuff got to deal with, like I said. So we'll get into the game preview here next as the uh, Seahawks heading to the Los Angeles Rams. On the back end of that, we also got your fan quesos. So uh, you're not going to want to go anywhere. Seahawks, Rams game preview. That is next right here at Ram Showcase. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. The Los Angeles Rams sitting with a 3-6 and six record back at home at SoFi Stadium after a pretty big gap there, hosting the Seattle Seahawks division rival who sits at 6-3. and three. Second place of the NFC West. Of course, the Rams are not going to be able to win enough games this one weekend to surpass the Seattle Seahawks, but can close that window just a little bit with a dub at SoFi Stadium on Sunday. This game kicks off at 1.25 p.m. on CBS. We do get Andrew Catalan, Matt Ryan, and Tiki Barber in the booth. And uh, on the sideline will be A.J. Ross. Of course, we do not have a video version of uh, the game preview for you today. But just a heads up uh, that the area for uh, the Rams and uh, and uh, Seahawks game, uh, as far as television coverage goes, not great area as uh, it does uh, kind of just curl up that uh, that West Coast and uh, the bulk of Arizona will get it. 
And it looks like uh, Hawaii is going to be the other game as well, but Alaska does get it. Um, but if you would like to take, uh, take a peek at the distribution map, that is definitely on the Ram Showcase socials. I tried to put it onto YouTube, but it kind of crops it weirdly, and you can't really tell what you're looking at, so I did not put it there. Uh, but head over to the Ram Showcase Facebook page. You can put your eyes on the distribution map right there and see if uh, you are in the area. I did get one comment saying that uh, Hawaii, uh, somebody said that they checked their local listings, and it was the Rams game. Um, so I don't know about that. We'll see. We'll kind of see what happens, I guess. But those are always subject to change, so there's obviously a lot of things that go into that. Uh, let's see here. Let me uh, pull up the uh, betting here as I forgot to write that all down. But, uh, hey, good news. I've got my cell phone in my hand, and uh, I'm going to kill time as it loads. <laughs> so let's take a peek over here onto the betting as far as this game goes. I know it's very snug. Yeah, we're sitting at um, the Rams are plus one. Uh, so very tight game as far as uh, Vegas is concerned. Plus one, you might as well just go money line. Rams money line is uh, minus 104, which is uh, pretty snug in there. And then uh, the over-under sitting uh, right now at 46 and a half. And um, yeah, so uh, that's what we're dealing with as far as the gambling goes, if you are one of those. By the way, on the uh, national radio broadcast, that's going to be on Sports USA. We will see Larry Kahn and Alex Mack calling that. So uh, some stuff that you're looking for in this game. Of course, uh, the Rams did beat the Seahawks pretty handily in week one. Uh, that was up at Lumen Field in Seattle. Uh, it was a, a very big victory for the Rams, especially to start the season in a year where uh, the Rams kind of like went in knowing that it was going to be probably pretty rough. Uh, so to pull away a, a big division win on the road in week one, I think kind of shifted uh, the entire expectations of all Rams fans in fairness. So uh, obviously that kind of launched into a whole conversation of like, are we good? <laughs> but we'll kind of see again, the, the Rams also just match up really well against the Seattle Seahawks. And actually during the McVay era, McVay versus Pete Carroll definitely has favored the Rams. And, uh, McVay's just tends to have a, a good game plan against, uh, Pete Carroll and the, the Seattle Seahawks. And also on the flip end of that kind of, it would be also Raheem Morris in his defense seems to just have a good, uh, it's schematically, it, it, the matchup is very good against the Seahawks offense and what they like to run. The Seahawks, uh, they're, they're looking to find their footing a little bit after a win over the Commanders, uh, but it was a pretty tight game. And then uh, before that, though, they got absolutely smoked by the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, so they're kind of, I think, trying to settle in. And Geno has looked a little bit sloppy these last few weeks. So I think he's going to try to uh, probably do that thing that people do to against the Rams defense, which is, you know, three steps and get the ball out of your hands because uh, that is uh, definitely what most teams who have success against the Rams, uh, the quarterback's just not holding on to the ball. And, uh, of course, with Seattle knowing the Rams pretty well, Geno Smith knowing the Rams pretty well, and Pete Carroll and all that, that I, I feel like that that'll be part of the plan there. Uh, but the Rams uh, also not out of the playoff hunt, so uh, we do have an uphill battle, but uh, the Seahawks sitting in a playoff spot right now would play at the Saints, as of course they are in second place of the division, so they would be on the road for uh, for the start. But uh, Rams currently sitting behind the Packers, the Falcons, the Commanders, and the Bucks to get into the playoffs. Obviously that loss to the Packers does hurt there. Rams do have the Commanders coming up. Uh, so that would help at least a little bit. And, and maybe it's just me being a fan, but I also, the Packers, Falcons, Commanders, and Bucks, I feel like the Rams are better than all those four teams. It, maybe, maybe, maybe not. But uh, analytics are giving the Rams an 8% chance at the playoffs, which is, uh, you know what, good enough for me. And I don't know, some fans don't want to make a push for the playoffs. 
Um, but I would be absolutely thrilled, even if we got close and didn't and didn't make it. But if we made that push uh, to to try, I would be stoked about that. Uh, to take the entire NFL calendar, you got preseason, regular season, playoffs. You got the 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 free agency period. You got all this stuff, and to kind of narrow that into like always gearing towards the draft. I just I don't know. I guess it's just a mindset that I, I can't really vibe with or understand. I'm not a really big draft guy anyway. Uh, so wanting to lose to get a higher draft pick, I don't think will ever fully make sense to me. I'd rather snag a proven guy in free agency anyway than get a higher draft pick. And if, if, if the Rams winning a game means that we now pick it ninth instead of seventh, I am so indifferent on that. I have zero emotions on it. Zero emotions. If the Rams lose and get seventh instead of ninth, Still pretty, uh, pretty indifferent. I'm very, very straightforward on it because it doesn't guarantee anything. Getting higher up the draft board doesn't just mean you're going to get a better player for sure. It just means you have a high, a, a bigger, a bigger pool to choose from. Uh, but either way, I mean, you can get a Puka Nakua in the fifth round, and that's kind of the point here, right? And Cooper Cup wasn't a high pick. Uh, Jordan Fuller was a 199, so it's possible to get uh, the late round guys. And I, I just, again, I just kind of. Uh, draft picks are definitely useful, but I cannot get my brain into making sure that April is awesome. Late April. I don't care about late April. It's November and we still got football games to play. So I don't really care about late April right now. And uh, we'll let the, the draft board fall how it falls. But I would hate to see this team actively try to not do a good job just because they want their late April to be good. I just I, I, I can't do it. I can't get under an, uh, uh, in that mindset. Um, maybe it's me just, you know, being, being me and being stubborn and stuff. Uh, but, uh, I don't care if late April's awesome or not. That's, that's fine. If it's not, I'd rather have sick Februarys. I know that much than sick Aprils. That's uh, for sure. But we got a lot of winnable games also and, uh, not being eliminated from the playoffs yet. And, uh, this Rams team also is, is pretty healthy right now. You clean up some of those youth mistakes and I actually feel pretty, pretty good about this team really. So uh, maybe, maybe again, maybe I'm kind of alone in uh, some thought processes there. Uh, but either way, I'm feeling good about this team right now. Uh, I know that, that that game against the Packers, I just don't think that we can really define this team based on how this team played against the Packers. That was one of the worst teams, one of the worst games that we've seen offensively under Sean McVay uh, with what it was like one under 200 offensive yards. That's for sure. And that's just such a such a not good number. <laughs> To put that the nicest way I possibly can, but um, yeah, it's uh the the Rams' averages definitely took some hit. Take, taking speaking of averages, so the Rams' offense going against the Seattle Seahawks' defense here. So the Rams are fifteenth in the NFL now on total offense, uh, which is definitely down from previous weeks. But uh, the Seahawks' defense twenty fifth in the NFL. They are giving up three seventy seven a game. Rams putting up three fifty four a game. Passing the football, uh, the Rams putting up 231, that is 14th in the NFL. Seahawks defense, 238.3, that is 22nd. And uh, running the ball, Rams uh, still bottom half at 17th, uh, just under 105 a game. And Seahawks defense giving up 116, that is 20th in the NFL. And points being put up, the Rams just under 30, that is tied for 22nd. And uh, the Seahawks defense giving up just over 22, which is 20th in the NFL. So we are dealing with a defense that is not as awesome in the Seattle Seahawks. So with uh, getting Matthew Stafford back, obviously that's a massive improvement over Brett Rippon. Uh, so that automatically helps the Rams quite a bit in this game. And you're going against a poor defense. So hopefully 
the plan is, right, to just kind of get a repeat of week one, which was on the road, too. So you're at home. Uh, so uh, hopefully everything can be good. But, of course, you get Matthew Stafford back. Quarterback Carson Wentz will serve as QB2, so hopefully we don't see him out there. If we do see him out there, I'd be probably something bad happened, right? That's what, that's exactly why I say I don't want to see Carson Wentz. I would be a little curious to see how he does and see how he's he's looking right now. He's been jobless for a little while now. He just has third kid and stuff like that. So I don't know if he's like really ready to roll. Uh, I would be curious. But if we do see Carson Wentz, that probably means something bad happened. So I don't want to see that, <laughs> you know. Uh, but the Rams uh, appear to have just one more week without Kyron Williams, uh, so hopefully we can get him back next week. I do think that's the first week that he's eligible to come back, uh, but it looks like we will see that Hendo and Freeman combo yet again, and I have not seen any timetable of return of a uh, potential return of Ronnie Rivers. I'm actually not sure if that was season ending or if we could expect him back at some point. Um, I, I need to find that information. And uh, the Rams, like I said, took a major hit in uh, their rankings against the Packers with just 187 in total yards with a 68 rushing yards. And uh, was it what it was, I, I wrote this number down wrong because I wrote 199 passing and that's more yards than the Rams had in the game. So yeah, uh, obviously that's uh, not good, but the rankings should rise, uh, but currently doesn't feel totally accurate based on how this off- Rams offense can play. I mean, and I, I say that very deliberately, like the way that the, this team can play is very, very strong, uh, but these rankings, uh, like sitting 15th right now, we're middle of the road. It's obviously not uh, where we want to be or where we think we can be. Let's be real here. And like I said, 187 total yards against the Green Bay Packers, that tanked those averages because that's only, we're also three and six. We played nine games. You have one game like that, your averages are going to fall pretty hard. So you got to consider all that. Let's take a look at three to see here. As uh, we'll start with quarterback Matthew Stafford off of the bye and missed one game. Stafford should be good to go with his thumb, and uh, he's been a full participant in practice, which is good news as well. Uh, But Stafford returning to the field should be an extremely welcome sight for Rams fans who had to watch Brett Rippon start a game. We couldn't even do anything about it. We just had to sit there and let it happen to us. But uh, Stafford uh, coming back, we should see that spark as early as the first drive as as uh, far as Matthew Stafford goes, because it's not like he needs to really, There's, I'm sure there's not a lot of cobwebs, you know what I mean? It's It's been uh, just two weeks that he essentially missed as far as playing games and uh, with the bye week last week and then uh, the Green Bay Packers game. So he should be good to go on this one. And like I said, we should be able to see that pretty early in this game. And uh, next up on the three to see is going to be the offensive line, just the offensive line as a whole. A couple of rough weeks for the O-line. Uh, but you get the anchor back, Rob Havenstein. Uh, he is expected to uh, make his return to the right tackle spot, uh, which is very good news. It seems like the Rams offensive line just as a whole plays a lot better when Havenstein is uh, on the field. And it's unfortunate that we've we uh, we had to see two games without Rob Havenstein, uh, especially considering last year he was like the only guy that did, on the whole team that didn't get hurt, it felt like. So, uh, yeah, it's unfortunate, of course, but uh, we do get him back this week which is uh, great news. And we'll see A.J. Jackson's had a, a rough couple weeks. Um, Steve Avila's had a little bit of uh, some some things where you're like, dude, you're better than that. What are you doing? And then, yeah, the offensive line just as a whole uh, hopefully can uh, just kind of settle into itself, especially with getting uh, Big Rob back at the right right tackle spot. And uh, last on your three to see on the Rams offense, we're going to go with uh, Cooper Cup. Uh, of course, uh, since returning from injury, Cup has not been a part of a a Rams win this season 
so with a competitor like Cooper Cup, uh, I would hope to see some extra fire from that 9 to 10 combo this week. Uh, of course, uh, 9 and Dime podcast is super, super cool. If you haven't checked that out yet, definitely do so. Uh, but I'm hoping that that, uh, that, that, uh, that combo, that 9 to 10 combo, uh, kind of sparks this week because we obviously have seen what, uh, what Cooper Cup is capable of doing. And with him not being able to, him not seeing a win yet since he's returned off of IR uh, to start the season, I mean, hopefully we can just kind of get him rolling, uh, which would be really good news. But like I said, a competitor like Cup, you feel like one of these games, he's just going to come in with this attitude of like, I'm not going to let us lose. And Matthew Stafford has that. Aaron Donald's got that. Some of our leaders have that of like, you know what? Today's not the day where I'm not going to let this team lose. And hopefully that can be this week because I love beating the Seahawks. It's so much fun every time. It's awesome. (laughs) Moving over to uh, the other side of the football here, we have the Seahawks offense against the Rams defense. Seahawks offense is uh, currently sitting at 17th in the NFL, putting up 348 uh, total yards. And uh, Rams defense 19th in the NFL right now, uh, giving up 353.9. So uh, that definitely feels a lot lower than it should. But uh, hey, numbers don't lie. Uh, Passing the football, the uh, Seahawks putting up uh, a little under 232 a game. That is 13th in the league. And uh, the Rams defense giving up just over 217. That is 14th in the NFL. Running the football, the Seahawks just under 100 a game. That is 24th in the Rams defense, giving up just under two, or excuse me, under 123 a game, or 22nd in the NFL. And uh, points being scored, the Seahawks 14th in the NFL with 22.2, and the Rams giving up 22.7, which is 22nd in the NFL. Ernest Jones uh, set to set to return after missing one game with that injury. And it kind of feels like, I know that that Green Bay Packers game, I'm talking about it a lot as far as like just the, 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 how terrible it was and how whack that was. But uh, with it being before the bye week, you're in Lambeau in November, it was it, against a bad team. It kind of felt like the Rams kind of just went in and were like, all right, let's just make it through this game. Then we got the bye week and then let's hit it after the bye week. So hopefully that is kind of the plan here because it does feel like there's some guys that could have played. Uh, including Ernest Jones, who, like I said, did miss that game against the Packers. So hopefully he's in a, a good spot. The Rams in a in a good area right now as far as like getting like to take the stretch healthy, which is very good news. And if some of those youth mis- youth mistakes, uh, especially on the defensive side, if those can be limited, uh, I think that uh, this team's actually pretty good. And I think that Darian Kendrick is getting like totally ripped on right now because he's had some very untimely mistakes in some games where he hasn't been great. Uh, but also, I think that we're all forgetting, dude is in his second year. I mean, he's still young in this league, so he's got all the skill set to be able to do it. Uh, but I think that possibly with the stuff that happened earlier in this year, I think that maybe he's just a little bit distracted, maybe some stuff like that. And he also is still learning. I mean, he's still young. So like I said, second year in the NFL still. So I think uh, it's it's reasonable to give him uh, chances still to 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 prove that he can he can get it done. Uh, in the first game against the Seahawks, Akello Witherspoon had a good day against DK Metcalf. DK was able to get into the end zone, but that was against Kendrick at that uh, little route on the uh, on the left side against Kendrick. Kind of like it was like a, a kind of like a sluggo a little bit, a little slant, and then hit it up. Uh, I kind of just got uh, Darian Kendrick looking on that and ended up being pretty open in the end zone. So that was unfortunate. But again, that's just one of those youth mistakes that I would uh, reference. Geno Smith uh, seems to be having a few struggles right now. Uh, so a good opportunity for the Rams to give him a little bit of a shot to the jaw and uh, smother the offense of Seattle. 
And uh, yes, that comment was definitely on purpose <laughs> for those who are curious. All right, three to see on the Rams' defensive side. We are going to start with Ernest Jones. Jones missing week nine against the Packers. Uh, it was it was not felt as much as I maybe expected to feel the lack of Jones. But Jordan Fuller, he has green dot experience, and so the damage of Ernest Jones missing, the like being gone off the football field, was felt at the position. Not in the overall defense. It was just felt in that inside linebacker spot. So, because again, Jordan Fuller did an incredible job calling the defense, getting guys into position. But Jones, obviously an awesome linebacker, and he should be rested, should be healthy, and uh, ready to beat the butt cheeks off some Seattle Seahawks. Next up here, we're going to go with Akello Witherspoon, uh, who's been like a what feels like a random bright spot for the Rams this season. I was so hesitant when the Rams signed him. Because I was very excited to see these young guys. I wanted to see Durant. I wanted to see Kendrick. I wanted to see Jolly. I wanted to see uh, Tomlinson, stuff like that. But, of course, Witherspoon coming in, and he's been absolutely unbelievable. Without him, the Rams' defense is simply just not as good as it is right now. And uh, Akello definitely has another tall task in front of him with some experienced wide receivers on the other side of the line of scrimmage. But it should be a really fun battle to watch. Anytime we get 44 lined up over 14, that's must-see TV. Akella Witherspoon covering DK Metcalf is something that we should all be keeping our eyes on this entire game. That's a very exciting matchup. And uh, next up, uh, last on the three to see here, is going to be Kobe Turner. So uh, Turner has looked better each and every week. Every single time he touches a football field, he's better at football. And that's exactly what you want. He's really coming into his own right now, and he's finding a way to get into the backfield quickly. He is getting off blocks, which is a great lesson I'm sure he's taken from Aaron Donald. And uh, Turner, it seems to be learning and implementing those skills. This is definitely the first time that uh, Turner will play against an NFL team that he's already played against, which, of course, goes for all the Rams rookies this year, as uh, this is the, uh, the, 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 the first time for a back-to-back matchup here. Or not back-to-back, I guess, but a repeat opponent uh, for all of our rookies. So great chance to uh, showcase those improvements once again. And uh, Byron Young, I think, could be penciled in in all of the same exact comments, gets better each and every week, is really coming into his own, and seems to be taking, like, in building off of each week. Like, so uh, a mistake that he's made in one week, that's not popping up in the next week. And that is huge. Kobe Turner and Byron Young both, they are not repeating mistakes, which is exactly what you want to see. Let's take a look at uh, some milestones here. Uh, so Matthew Stafford, he is uh, one touchdown pass, but behind Fran Tarkenton all time. So he does need uh, just two to pass him for 11th most in NFL history. And he needs 2,871, same number, of course, uh, as the last time we talked about it, to pass Eli Manning all time. And he does need still that 198 to pass Matt Ryan for most passing yards in your first 200 regular season games. 198. Uh, So I will uh, have full intentions of of uh, keeping up with all of these milestones on Ram Showcase socials. So check it out there. Uh, I intend to be able to post right away uh, and uh, kind of update when these uh, milestones have been hit. Next up here is Tyler Higby. He does need 36 receptions to pass Robert Woods to move into ninth all-time in franchise history and two touchdowns to move into 10th all-time in franchise history. Those numbers have felt pretty uh, uh, stagnant, I suppose, as a Tyler Higby apparently has been dealing with some injuries. So uh, Hunter Long getting activated, that could uh, take a hit on uh, the the Higby reps. 
Uh, so we'll kind of see what what happens with Higby and his usage as the season rolls on. Next up, Cooper Cup needs 63 receptions to pass Henry Ellard for third most in franchise history and two touchdowns to pass Ellard for fourth in franchise history. So two touchdowns for Cooper Cup. That's obviously something that he's capable of week in, week out. Aaron Donald needs five and a half sacks to move into the top 25 all time in that category, which is unbelievable. And uh, Puka Nakua. Yes, absolutely. Puka Nakua officially making an appearance on uh, the milestone section here. He did reach the franchise record for receptions in, uh, by a rookie in franchise history. He did that in Green Bay. Lots of games to go, so he's going to pad that out. And uh, we could be watching the best rookie wide receiver season this team has ever seen. And uh, we've seen some incredible wide receivers come through this team. I mean, Torrey Holt, we have Eddie Kennison. Speaking of Eddie Kennison, he's actually, um, we're on record watch for Puka Nakua again, as he just needs 98 receiving yards to break the single season Rams record for rookie receiving yards. Eddie Kennison does hold that record right now with 924, but Puka Nakua sitting at 827 with plenty of games to go. We've got eight more games. I feel pretty good that Puka Nakua can get 98 receiving yards and uh, should be able to pull that off this weekend and break another Rams record, which is unbelievable. Dude, dude's already stacking out his, uh, his trophy case, which is really cool to see. History of this matchup, uh, the Seahawks do lead the all-time series 27-25. and 25. No ties in this series. The Rams have won four of the last six against the Seattle Seahawks, and uh, the Rams did win uh, the most recent game, which was week one earlier this year, 30-13. to 13. That game took place at Lumen Field in Seattle. So, of course, this game happening at home. The Rams opened uh, against Seattle. The first four matchups against Seattle, the Rams were able to win. That was back when the Seahawks were an AFC team. And uh, the first ever matchup between these two came on Halloween of 1976. That was a Rams win, 45-6. to six. Uh, You're talking about spooky season. That is scary stuff over there. 45-6, to six, that's a, I mean, 39-point win. That is always good. <laughs> always good. Some connections in this one. Uh, former Rams who are on the Seahawks now. We have offensive coordinator Shane Waldron. He was with the Rams from 17 to 20, coaching up the offensive line. And uh, offensive line coach Andy Dickerson. He was with the Rams uh, dating back to St. Louis, 2012 to 2020, as uh, he did. He was part of the move uh, from St. Louis to L.A. Uh, defensive assistant Damian Lewis. Uh, he was a St. Louis Ram uh, from 2001 to 2005. He was a player. I remember him uh, next to Tyoka Jackson. We had Leonard Little also. Uh, I remember that defensive line so, like, I remember that whole era kind of vividly, actually. That was when I was really getting into football and uh, really, like, understanding football and, like, playing Madden to learn the players and to learn the rules of football. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I just, uh, Damian Lewis was definitely, uh, I've, I've usered that guy on so many sacks, which is uh, pretty cool stuff. <laughs> And uh, linebacker Bobby Wagner, he was, of course, with the Rams last year. And uh, now practice squad quarterback Brett Rippon, who did spend uh, time with the Rams uh, earlier this year and now is gone where he's supposed to be, not on the Rams roster. Have fun with him, Seattle. And uh, former Seahawks who are now on the Rams, we have secondary coach Chris Beak. Uh, he was with uh, the Seahawks uh, 08 to 09. We have quarterback coach Zach Robinson. He did play for the Seattle Seahawks in 2011, which was, of course, the year after I started to really, you know, change, change my tune on the Seattle Seahawks. That uh, Week 17 game 
In 2010, Charlie Whitehurst uh, beating the Rams and uh, ultimately leading into the Beast Quake the following week in the playoffs, uh, which still kind of hurts my feelings. But uh, either way, uh, Zach Robinson not not technically part of that as he was he was in uh, the next year. And then uh, of course uh, we do have wide receiver coach Eric Yarber Yarbs. Uh, he was an offensive quality control uh, for the Seahawks in uh, 1998. So it's been a while, but uh, Yarbs has spent uh, some time employed by the Seahawks before. Some NFL matchups for you. Uh, Royce Freeman and Drew Locke, they played in Denver together. Uh, that was in 2019 and 20. Although we probably won't see Drew Locke and we will see Royce Freeman. I'm not sure exactly how much, uh, but former teammates getting back together. Christian Roseboom and Demarcus Robinson, they both played in Kansas City with defensive tackle Jaron Reed. Uh, that happened in 2021. Speaking of Jaron Reed, he was on the team in Green Bay when uh, Aubrey Pleasant coached there. And then uh, in college, I didn't see a whole lot of sweet combos here or uh, sweet connections here. But we do have a couple as uh, Quentin Lake, Rams safety, played at UCLA with wide receiver Jake Bobo and uh, running back Zach Charbonnet who is a rookie this year for the Seahawks. Uh, that happened, uh, what was that, 21, uh, that they they all played together out in UCLA. And then A.J. Jackson played at Iowa with tight end Noah Fant, which is definitely something that I talked about in the Week 1 game preview. Uh, so, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's what we got here. So, I do have a little bit of time here, so I'm just going to kind of um, talk about this game just a little bit more. Uh, coming off this bye week, like I said, so if we kind of look at the the season, and and where we've come from and where we are and where we're going, as which is something I did last week as far as like a full dive into that. Uh, but where we are coming from, we are coming off of two pretty lame road losses. Dallas Cowboys, Green Bay Packers uh, kind of had their way with the Rams a little bit. And uh, I think that ultimately those two games are are definitely forming opinions for people. And you're you're you are only as good as your last game. And the Rams' last game was one of their worst that they've had in the McVay era, especially offensively. Defensively, pretty solid game, actually. Um, but still giving up 20 points to that Jordan Love Packers offense, I don't think is very good. Uh, but of course, then you have where the defense is just on the field all the time. You're not getting off the field uh, or you're not extending drives. You're not getting their defense off the field. Uh, and you're just you're sending your guys right back out there, uh, back to back to back to back to back, you know, and that's just unfortunately not, not something that you can win football games with of course but you so you you are only as good as your last game and the rams last two games not very good at all dallas cowboys that game got away from the rams real fast and then against the green bay packers like i said offense just could not get anything rolling uh so where we're kind of at now is uh it's like we're in a weird spot right now where it's like we could in theory make a push and make it to the postseason we also could in theory get like the number one overall pick. <laughs> we're only two games out of that, and also what? Only two games out of the playoffs. So we're in a weird spot right now, and it could go one of two ways, dramatic, or I guess three ways. It could go terribly, and the Rams could be just ab- start getting absolutely smoked and end up getting like the third overall pick. The Rams could turn it on and start playing with some swag right now and make it to the playoffs. And maybe you're maybe you're going to a Detroit or a Philadelphia. Uh, in uh, the first in the first round of action here, or uh, like a Saints or something like that, probably win the division. Maybe you're going to a San Fran, something like that, and maybe you go there and you lose right away. At least you made it. I'm absolutely on board with making the playoffs, even if you lose right away. 
you got to get to the dance, right? Because you never know. And that's the whole thing is that if you make it to the dance, all bets are off. All bets are off. That's why the Giants sneaking into the playoffs are able to beat the undefeated Patriots in the Super Bowl because you don't know, all right? That that kind of stuff isn't just like set up where it's like, oh, well, this team is ranked higher than this team. They have a better record. So that's just the way it is. Like that team's just going to win. That's not real. So uh, that has to be considered. And and just the way, and I guess the third way there would be the Rams just do okay and sit like they end the season. Uh, they finish up these last four games four, or these eight games at four and four and nothing really happens. That's also technically a possibility. So uh, that's kind of what we're dealing with right now. And I, I think at this, um, these next two games, I think will tell us a little bit about what this team is really made of. So we go into this game against the Seahawks, a team that they already beat. Going to get a game uh, the following week against the Arizona Cardinals, a team we already beat. So if if the Rams can pull off two wins in these games here, sitting at five and six, it's a whole new ball game. It's a whole new ball game. Do have some tough games after that, of course. Uh, but at that point, it's an entirely new season, and we can kind of figure out where are we going from there. Uh, but that is going to do it for your game preview. Uh, we uh, will, of course, get that right up on RamShowcase.com. I'm not sure exactly when that will be posted, but I will post it on uh, the Ram socials when I do get it knocked out, as uh, we do not have video versions of uh, anything right now, actually. Uh, we're not doing video uh, game previews for the next two weeks. We are also taking a quick hiatus, a mandatory hiatus, uh, from the, the Ram Showcase Live every Monday. Uh, so that'll be back uh, early. First Monday of December is a, the plan to to be fully back on that. I'm mad about this. I'll, I'll say that much. I'm not wanting to take a step back right now, uh, but I, I have to. So um, that that's it's temporary. Absolutely temporary. We'll be back in full force here in just a couple of weeks. But on the other side of this break, we'll dive into our fan quesos. Don't have a lot to get into, uh, but some good stuff to talk about for sure. So that is next right here. Ramp Showcase. Getting back to the action here with our fan quesos. So uh, we'll start over here on Facebook where Cody's got a couple for me. Uh, we'll start with uh, how many Cooper Cups can Aaron Donald bench? Dude, what a question. Hold on, let me, I'm going to math this real fast. Get off your ass. Let's do some math. All right, so we're going to look up Cooper Cups weight here. Cooper Cup weight. So he's what, 194. And Aaron Donald has said on a podcast that he can bench 600. So we'll do 600 divided by 194 feels low, actually. That doesn't feel right. Let me see. I'm going to go. Yeah, okay, we're going to go with the 208 that, um, uh, that the Rams website has. So we're going to go 208. So he can bench 2.88 uh, Cooper Cups. Um, I thought that that was going to be a lot harder. <laughs> oh, that's really funny. Um, so yeah, so, uh, either way, uh, yeah, he can almost bench three Cooper cups is, uh, the answer to your question there, Cody. <laughs> what a ridiculous question. I think as the season is going on, I'm just getting more and more ridiculous questions, which is fine. I definitely prefer him to be more, like more actual football questions, but hey, it's, it's, it's definitely fine. Um, I have fun with these and that's, I guess in a season where you're three and six, I guess that's like, it's, it, it is, it's what you, you do. So it's fine. <laughs> I'm not, not complaining at all. Uh, just, uh, yeah, that's all. <laughs> uh, next one here coming from Cody. How many years do you think AD has left? I feel lucky to own his signed framed Jersey on my wall. Horns up, dude. First of all, that's amazing. And that is super, super sick, man. Potty mouth Cody over here 
getting some uh, real sick swag. I don't have an Aaron Donald autograph. Of all the autographs that I have, Aaron Donald, not one that I've been able to uh, procure at this uh, time. So hopefully I'll get one of those eventually. Uh, but as far as how many years do I think AD has left, uh, he's my age. So he's 32. He's just a little bit older than me, just by like, I think it's like three months he's older than me, which makes me feel real good, by the way. But um, <laughs> either way, uh, I think that um, that Aaron Donald, like, I think he's kind of that guy that's going to float retirement almost every year. Like in his brain, come like like week 15, his brain's going to be like, this has got to be it. This is going to be it. Like, this is this is my last one. And then I think his brain is going to like be in the off season and maybe something happens, maybe some news happens, maybe he hangs out with somebody and he's not going to want to leave. So I, and and who knows, I don't know what the, what the inner workings of Aaron Donald's brain is looking like right now. I can't really speak on that, but what I will say is that I do think that Aaron Donald is one of those guys who like, he is so involved in the game and he is so intense in this game that I think it's going to be very hard for him to walk away no matter how much he kind of wants to and kind of like at any point can and is a Hall of Famer. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer no matter what. Even if he left today, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, but I feel like he like he just loves this game too much that I, I don't know if uh, we'll actually see him uh, uh, call it that early. Like I, I know some people are like, oh, it's this year. It's, he's done after this year. Or next year, they're like, ah, he's just, he's done. Like I, I just don't, I don't know if I agree with that or not. In either way, he doesn't owe us anything. I mean, obviously, I think we all kind of know that. That like, if he wants to call it, he can call it. We've gotten enough out of Aaron Donald where we can say like that was that was real fun, dude. Like, thank you. Like, <laughs> that's all. Like, what else do we say? Like, that's about it, right? Uh, so uh, heading over here to uh, the YouTube channel. So we got Bayo time coming in here, and uh, let's see. First one here is going to be what has your favorite. And least favorite Rams moment for the season so far? Really good question here, Peo. I, I got a pretty similar one. I think it was two weeks ago from uh, Rams House. He just asked me for like my favorite and said that he knew what it was going to be. And then I didn't have an answer. So I, I think he was wrong there. But uh, either way, uh, my favorite, I think that so far my favorite moment of the season is Pukunakua's game winning catch against the Indianapolis Colts. I think that that would be. That moment was just so sick. And also, like, the way that he caught it, turned, and hit the juke, it was very much a Cooper Cup move. It was very Cooper Cup-ish to me. Like, it almost was like, hey, Cooper Cup, take off Puka Takua's jersey. What are you doing, dude? But uh, I don't know why I got, like, New York there. <laughs> That's funny. But, uh, yeah, I think that, that would probably be my favorite part of the season so far. My least favorite part was having to watch Brett Rippon play quarterback for this team. I was so unexcited about it, and I felt like I was almost like questioning myself, like going into that game where like so many people had said leading up to that week of like, of like, no, I'm actually kind of curious to see what he's got, man. Like, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm interested to see Brett Rippon, and I kept on being like, no, I'm not excited at all. I, I don't think it's going to go well. So, and it wasn't that I was like happy. I'm not like sitting here like, I told you so, because that's stupid. Uh, but also it's like, I didn't want him to play poorly. I just didn't expect him to play well, I guess, is the, the way to say that. So I would say, like, having to just watch Brett Rippon while it happened to us. Like I said, we, did, we couldn't do anything. We just had to sit there while it happened to us. Like the grandma watching Borat in the office. Like, it just had to happen to us. And we couldn't do anything about it, you know? And that sucks. <laughs> it sucks so bad. I almost wanted to see Dresser win out there. Um, and I, just, I feel like I'm trashing him so much, Brett Rippon. 
But you know what? You know what? No, he's a Seahawk now. He deserves this, all right? <laughs> Not only did he do terrible for us, but he's also now a Seahawk. Britt Ripping can get bent, all right? <laughs> get, get lost, Britt. All right, we're going to move on before I start just like totally ripping into Britt Ripping. We're about to rip into Brett, dude. Ripping, ripping, Brett, ripping. Anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, what are your thoughts on AJ Jackson after this season? Does his injury history mean the Rams draft or seek a new starting left tackle for 2024? Um, I think that it's too early to really tell this right now. I'm, am I having weird deja vu? I feel like all these questions are from last week. Did I see into the future? Did I? That's so Raven, my fan quesos. That's impressive. Um, but as far as uh, AJ Jackson goes, um, I, I just don't think it's reasonable to say yes or no right now when we still have eight football games to go. We're in the middle of the season right now. It's November. Um, still a lot of football games to go. Because, like, what if I say that now? Like, I guess, like, I could always say whatever now and just change my opinion later because my opinions are fluid. As I get more information, I'm willing to change my mind on things. And I think that that's totally reasonable. Uh, but AJ Jackson today, like if I say like, yeah, we should probably get somebody new and then he's just like a brick wall the rest of the season, then like maybe we don't. But like we don't have to know that answer now. We can use these next eight games. We're three and 16 right now. We can use these next eight games to figure out if he is a guy that we can uh, keep on this offensive line and kind of have for the long term. So I'm not really ready to commit to that answer yet, um, but I think he's shown very good things. But I also think that there's moments he's had that are very bad. So he had that, um, that play against the, I think it was in Green Bay, maybe it was the, the Dallas game, where it was like a third down run, like a third and two run, and he got absolutely lit up for a loss of yards. And it's like if he could have, if he alone would have made that block, it's probably a first down. So it's like stuff like that that kind of sucks. But he's also, he started the season really strong, so we know he's got it in him. Injury history is definitely something you need to consider, like you had mentioned. But ultimately, right now, he's only started nine games. He's only been here like just for that little bit. And so I don't think it's reasonable to say it, that, uh, yeah, we need a new starter next year. We still got too many games to go this year, man. Like, so I'm still, I'm still in this season. I'm still in 2023. I know that with a three and six record and most, most fans bailing, I'm still right here. Like I, I'm still very much like, Hey, Seahawks week. And then we got the, the Cardinals. So you like, that's, that's where my brain is at. I'm not really looking into the off season yet. We'll get there when we get there. We don't need to uh, jump the gun there. Yet. And uh, next one here from Peo. Just got a couple more from Payo, then we'll wrap up here. Uh, the new Rams practice facility is near a Costco, a Starbucks, In-N-Out, and a Home Depot. Which business is Cooper Cup most likely uh, to go to after practice next year? Um, I I'm gonna go, I'm just gonna go with In-N-Out because I don't know Payo if you've ever had In-N-Out. I'm guessing that you have. You've been to L.A., so I would hope that you did. Colorado just got In-N-Outs. And uh, I was being lame for a little while. I was just going hamburgers and just fries or whatever. But now I'm going double-double animal style with a uh, strawberry shake. That's kind of my go-to. <laughs> and I think that Cooper Cup would not get that. So maybe that's a bad call because I feel like Cooper Cup's like a health nut. I don't know. Um, maybe Home Depot. He's got to build stuff for his kids. That's what I'll say. I don't know what you would build for kids. <laughs> I don't have those. I have a cat and... Uh, he doesn't need anything built. He'll destroy stuff. Uh, next year uh, from Peo, if the Rams PR department asked you for an idea for a publicity stunt to grow the fan base, what would you tell them? Player interaction. Um, that's kind of an easy one. I don't know how you do that exactly, but uh, you get young guys, young kids, I, I should say, not just guys, because um, everybody loves football. Football's the best. Uh, but you get young children 
face to face with NFL players, and uh, that then like that weekend they can say, "Hey, I, I met that guy." You just you you have a fan for life. Player interaction, player meetings, like that that kind of stuff is absolutely huge. People don't forget meeting NFL players. That like everybody you've met in that plays in the NFL, I bet you remember it. Like I do. Like I remember ever, like seeing all those Rams guys. Like I just I love that stuff. If you got married and could pick a uh, past or present Rams player as your best man, who would you pick? Ooh, that's a tough one too. I'm gonna go with Matthew Stafford. He's just a wholesome guy. He's not gonna ruin anything. Um, but on in my party, I'd want Dante Dion. Um, I definitely want uh, dude Jalen Ramsey. I feel like it would be a blast. Um, give me Justin Hollins. That's like a random one that I absolutely love. Anyway, um, we're running out of time here, so that's gonna be <laughs> that's gonna go ahead and be my. I'll get the whole wedding party for you though. All right, <laughs> good stuff. Uh, thank you for your fan quesos. We'll definitely get back to that, of course, next week as well. So if uh, you want to drop them, you can always message me on the Ram Showcase social media. That would be at Ram Showcase, at Sheriff Joe Bags is also reasonable. Facebook Messenger is not one that uh, I actually check. So um, if you've left messages there, sorry, I haven't seen them. <laughs> and, well, I'm sorry. I'm not, I can't. There's other places to message me, all right? The one being removed from my, you know, process or, or rotation, whatever, is not the end of the world. Don't message me on Facebook. I don't check those. All right. Uh, but uh, other than that, that's going to do it for me. Thank you for uh, hanging out with me. We got the Seahawks heading to Los Angeles to take on the Rams this weekend. Should be a fun one, man. We're 3-6. and six. Let's see if we can stack a dub. It's been a while since we've uh, had one of those. Uh, so we'll get uh, to, uh, to to do like the, the, the game badges and all that fun stuff. But uh, that is going to do it for me. I am Sheriff Joe Bags. This has been Rams Showcase on Sports War Radio, the fan-sided network and Broad Street South. For those of you who aren't Rams fans, our thoughts and prayers are with you. For those of you who are Rams fans, thank you so much for listening, and go Rams! credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 